out by one. Just kidding, just kidding. Anyway, uh, two quick announcements. Uh, right now, media, we announced it big one day. I, I sent out some emails uh, to you. Um, I've heard back from a few of you that when you try to log in, it doesn't uh, work and your email is already in their system, but, you know, that whole tech stuff. So um, were you able to get the slide? No. Uh, so some people that did the scan on the screen, it worked for you and others it didn't. Um, so I think I have a way to look in on the accounts and uh, like half of the accounts, it either didn't send the invitation or didn't do something right. So if you wanted to send me a quick email, hey, I'm, I can't log into it or text me or something, I'll, I'll look for you specifically, but I'll try to check that account, uh, check all of the accounts and maybe send out a new reminder to those that it's pending. And then the other announcement, this Friday, for the men, we're going to do a grill, uh, a grill out. I think I called it break winter because, man, I am tired of uh, winter. And in board meeting, we were talking about it. And just like every time you think there's a hint of that big yellow thing in the sky, which I was starting to forget what it was for. But um, you think, man, this is an awesome day. And then it dumped eight inches of snow on us. So we're uh, trusting, and the last I checked, Friday's weather is supposed to be uh, really warm. So uh, right here at the church, we'll uh, have a, a gas grill, we'll have a charcoal grill, and just bring your own uh, thing of meat. Uh, I'll have some burgers if you don't have uh, any, if you want to bring chicken or steak, whatever for yourself. But if you don't have that, we'll have something so you won't come and stare at us while we're eating our big 20-ounce porterhouse steak. No, just kidding. Um, anyway, so guys, uh, we'd love to have you come out. We're just going to stand around the grill. Uh, we'll have some cornhole. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like beanbag toss. <laughs> okay. Some people are like, what's cornhole? I don't know why they named it that, but uh, we'll have some other games um, and stuff too to just hang around. So uh, men, come on out Friday. Uh, we'll have the fires going at 6 o'clock, but if you can't get there till 6.30 or whatever, we'll keep it going for you. Please uh, plan to come, and we'll have uh, some other sides for you as well. So uh, men, please come out Friday and help us to uh, break the winter blue. <laughs> this morning, apologize again, I'm not trying to be super techie, but uh, our printer did not give me a warning that it was out of toner, and so I can't print, so I have to stare at a really fine print here and try to preach from it. But I just wanted to quickly say last week, uh, Pastor Dave uh, Bennett, who's a, a great mentor, leader to me, 20-some-odd uh, years ago, we met in Bible college at Trinity. Uh, he married Becky and I, she was roommates with his daughter, and so we have uh, started out as a great friendship, but he's continued at the college and specifically developing, um, uh, you know, how to uh, discover or develop your gifts that God has uh, placed inside each of us to do the ministry of the church, and that's kind of what we're on and our topics the last couple weeks and going forward. And so when I knew I was going to be gone to the mission trip, 
uh, I thought, man, that would be a great person to have fill in. And so I hope you were inspired. I know uh, he asked for a couple of responses and from the uh, live stream audio, I think a few of you uh, may have raised your hands responding to find your ministry gift, want to discover and use your gift. And that's great. We love that. We want that. That's why we're doing uh, these, uh, these messages. And also, uh, there's another question of if you don't think you are a masterpiece because of uh, maybe something people have said or spoken over you in your past that you're not worth what uh, Pastor Dave explained in his uh, message that day that, man, God created you as a masterpiece and uh, instilled in you gifts and talents that he wants you to use. Um, so I know that it uh, touched uh, your hearts, and so uh, we're praying for you. We'd love to have conversations with you about how to, where to go from there. And today I want to lay some groundwork uh, for how we are to use our gifts. In the next uh, two or three weeks, you'll find out, man, the Bible in, three, in four different spots uh, gives a few lists of uh, spiritual gifts that God places in us to use. It's not a complete or exhaustive uh, list. There's probably more um, than just those, but we want to talk about those specifically. Uh, what is the gift of encouragement? What is the gift of uh, faith? Why, you know, some of those words we already know the def definition to. Um, so, what's the difference? What is the gift of that? And so, we're going to um, look into those in the coming weeks. But before we talk specifically about the gifts, as I was reading through, through them, they're in four different passages, and we'll, we'll briefly uh, read those today, but it's more important to establish the right attitude that we should have as we use the gifts. It's not, the gifts are very important, um, but what you find in each, uh, in each segment, in each um, passage of scripture, I found it interesting that there's, a, there's an instruction with each list. And I don't want to give it away quite yet. I want you to try to figure this out as we go through a couple of preliminary stories here. But we want to focus on what, that, what our attitude needs to be, what, uh, how we should use the gifts, um, before, you know, what our attitude should be before we use those gifts. So... A great conversation happened one day between Peter and Jesus before, uh, so after Jesus was resurrected and he was appearing to, uh, at various times, the various people, and before he uh, ascended into heaven, before he called the disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel, there was a conversation, um, and I think it would be fun, uh, since we have kids here today, if I could get some helpers uh, to help me illustrate this. So I need some, uh, in this story it was seven boys, but we know that there was uh, girls as leaders too. So if I can't get all uh, seven boys, I mainly need some of the older ones. Let me count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> okay, so uh, both of you, okay, and then... Uh, I'm terrible with names, sorry, you, yep, and then let's do, yeah, you too, uh, Ashley's daughter, yeah, you can come too, 
I apologize. I don't know your name. You. Come on up so I know how many we got. Four. Okay, you, five, Anna, six. Okay, yeah, you. It's very rude to say you, you. I can hear my grandma saying, don't point at people and say you. It's rude. Sorry, I don't know your name, but do you know my name, actually? Or you just say, hey, you. Just kidding. You have permission if you see me at, uh, yeah, Pastor You. <laughs> okay. If you see me out in the world, you can say, hey, Pastor You. Okay. All right, so you guys and girls are going to be seven of Jesus' disciples. Are you excited? Here, let's move this so we can let people see you. It's okay. We're going to break stuff. and let's... There you go. All right, so one day in this story, this is in John chapter 21, if you want to follow along. Um, well, we're going to loosely and we're going to embellish uh, this story, but it's basically true. Okay? And one day, as you know, the disciples are sad that Jesus is gone. For the past three years, uh, they've followed this man, and he's done lots of great stuff, and now he is gone. Some of them are excited. They've seen him. They went to the tomb, and they realize he rose again, but, you know, he's, he's gone. Hey, you need to come up here so we can see you. Short people are cool, too. So. And um, one day... Uh, Seven disciples were standing around on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Some uh, translations uh, specify the Sea of Tiberias. So around the famous Sea of Galilee, Tiberias uh, is one of the cities there. So they were probably on that shore, okay? And they're uh, just standing around and they're doing, I don't know how many of them were dads, but uh, some of them, like we know Peter was married, was he a kid, did he have kids yet, I don't know, but in this story, hey, you need to act like your dads, okay? So there's seven uh, guys standing around, okay? They're standing around on the shore, literally the Bible says they're just standing there, they're not doing anything, most of them are fishermen, maybe they've been fishing, maybe they haven't, but they're sta- what are some of the things like... What are some of the things your dad talks about when there's, you know, when he's just nothing to talk about? What, what are, what's the most common thing? So the Raiders, so he talks about sports. The Raiders drafted a quarterback. Yeah. What else? Yeah. My dad says, I'm tired. I need coffee. <laughs> I'm tired. I need coffee. Yeah. You know, on the missions trip, all he drank was coffee. He drank a lot of coffee. Yeah, he's got it right now. <laughs> okay. All right, what else does dad talk about in his, when he's like zoning out or when he's with his buddies? What's your dad talk about? You don't know? Does he, your dad's a farmer, right? Does your dad ever talk about the weather? Like ever? Oh, really? Oh, Okay. <laughs> One thing we've learned in our short time uh, uh, in Carrington is uh, don't talk to farmers about the weather because they're never, it's never warm enough. Uh, There's never enough water. There's always too much water. It's always too hot. Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. um, Does your dad ever talk about the news or fishing? Yeah. 
You, do you, have you guys gone fishing with your dad before? Or your, anyone? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You like fishing? Yes. Is it fun? Yeah. So guess what the disciples do after this? They're standing around. Who wants to be Peter? Oh. All three of you have a dad in the audience. And in just a moment, I need the dad to come up and help us with the story. So out of Daniel, Daniel, Ted, or Chad, one of you want to be involved in a... Okay. We're going to have Chad because I remember last time, last time we had Fred uh, help us out. So we're going to get out of the foster family. All right, just uh, have a seat there. We'll, we'll need you in just a moment. So Peter... So, um, is it Theo? Yes. Whoa, I remembered your name. Okay, Theo is going to be Peter. So as the disciples are standing around, Theo, Peter, and this is in the Bible, he says, well, I'm going to go fishing. You can say that loud. <laughs> okay. And like a good North Dakotan, he asks his buddies, do you want to come with and they all, yeah, get in the boat. We don't have a boat, so just stay here. Okay, so they all, uh, Peter decides to go fishing. He gets them all in the boat. Guess what? Guess how many fish they caught? 27. No, zero. They got skunked. And there were seven of them. And they're professional fishermen. But it was said it was at night. And they didn't catch anything. I'm not a fisherman. I've fished like maybe five to ten times. But I do know what it's like to not catch any fish. And I also know that fish sleep at night, don't they? Isn't it kind of weird that they would fish at nighttime? Maybe fish don't sleep. They pro I'm sure they knew what they were doing. But they basically, they didn't catch any fish. Okay? So what do you look like when you've fished for like eight hours and you've caught nothing? Give us that look. What's your dad say when you're getting into the truck to leave and you didn't catch nothing? Does he have a, besides, let's not use any blankety blank words, <laughs> okay? Keep it clean, just kidding. Okay, so they're bummed out, okay? They're upset, and they're not far from shore, so probably, I'm just guessing, you can, you can see out there, see that building way out there, so you can kind of see the windows, so they were about that far out off of shore. It says maybe 100, 200 yards. And there's a man standing on the shore. Okay? It was, it was Jesus. But you guys don't know that yet. You just know him as some random uh, old dude that was about to flex on him. <laughs> and he hollers out. He's like, hey, have you caught any fish? That was the first thing the man on the shore uh, hollers at them. Not, oh, man, a great, great boat you have there. You know, man, you have a lot of good friends. He asked them, have you caught any fish? And what did they say? No, because no, you didn't catch any fish, did you? Do you know what he said next? Anyone know what he said? You remember this story? Anyone know what he said next? Yeah, cast your net on the right side of the boat. Okay, their boat's maybe like this size. So if they've been, I'm sure they're, I mean, they're, they've fished there already, right? But they listen because they're probably upset that they didn't catch anything, so why not? And guess what happened? Do you guys know that part of the story? Yeah! 
The Bible actually tells you how many, I think it's 153. Can someone confirm that? I think it's at the end of the story. They bit too many fish to haul in. And so they're, they fish differently. They have nets and they're pulling their nets. And not just one net, one fish. Like that's how they fish. And they couldn't even haul it in. And they had seven guys rowing this boat. And John recognizes this was a miracle. And that's Jesus. That's the Messiah. And you know what Peter did? He jumps in to the water and swims really fast. And he's the first one there. John likes to give those uh, details. Okay? So Peter makes it to the shore. The rest of the disciples make it to the shore. Okay? It was Jesus on the shore, on the beach. And Jesus is... um, cooking fish that he already had, okay? It's, he's not relying on the disciples' load of fish. Uh, Peter, John, the others get there. And it, the Bible says he's got a charcoal fire. He's got fish he's grilling. Hey, Jesus is like level 10 dad mode. He has uh, got that going on. He's, he's already grilling. That's where, what inspired me to have a grill night with the men. You could bring fish if you want to grill fish okay this was an awesome moment so now i'm going to ask uh if uh, chad would come up the rest of you can have a seat good job thank you give him a hand theo wait stay here stay here Theo. okay so uh we're gonna move quickly because i realize we're short on time but okay so like i said we have uh jesus and peter and uh, i brought some grilling utensils I brought a couple aprons. Which one do you think your dad should wear? You want this? Or a plain black one? Of course you want that one. I tried. So put that on there, Chad. I tried to find one that said, like, kiss the cook or something funny. And they don't sell those, apparently, at Walmart. So, um, and here's your utensils. So you got a grabber. You got a flipper. You got a poker. You can hold that. Choose your what? Do you know which one? What, what does your dad use the most when he's grilling burgers or dogs? Yeah, he likes the grabbers. Yeah, you can hold these. You can actually, you can have those. So I'll give you these guys. This is your words to say, okay? And so on the beach here, on the shore, like I said, Jesus is grilling. He's got a few fish on the fire. I imagine he's, he's a really uh, calm, chill guy. So he's probably sitting on a log, and he's just, hey, Pete, what's going on, you know? And he begins to have a very, very, very important conversation. The Bible says in John 21, verse 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus says to Simon Peter, say it out loud, yeah. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Okay. And Peter replies, Yes, Lord. He said, You know that I love you. So Jesus replied, Jesus said, Feed my lambs. Then again, Jesus says to Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He replied, Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. So the third time, and you know how short-tempered Peter is, right? 
Okay, so the third time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter, the Bible says, was hurt because Jesus asked him this the third time. Peter, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. Jesus said, sheep, feed my sheep. Awesome. Thank you guys very much. You can have the grill. No, you can, you can have that as a thank you gift. Yeah. You can keep the apron. <laughs> okay, I'll keep the apron. You gave the grill. All right, thank you guys. I appreciate that. And kids, I appreciate your help. Um, would you give each of the, would you, I forget your daughter's name, sorry. Would you give a Hershey kiss to the seven people that were on the stage, please? Would you raise your hand if you're on the stage and she'll come by and give you a Hershey kiss? I should have had you grab it. And don't lie, Jesus <laughs> is watching you right now. All right, so here's the deal. I know I have uh, two minutes till I normally would dismiss. I'm going to... If you'll give me seven minutes, please, and we'll be out by uh, 11.50. I got five. <laughs> okay? Here's the deal. Here's why I, I, we went through this story, okay? A couple of reasons. A, Jesus reinstates Peter. If you remember, Peter denies Jesus how many times? Three. So I don't think it was, uh, thank you very much. I don't think it was a mistake that Jesus kept asking Peter, do you love me? Three times. Okay, I have a, a slide up here. When you look at what Jesus actually is asking, it's a little interesting too. The first time he says, uh, Peter, do you love me? And Peter replies, yes, you know I love you. He then says, basco my arnion. Feed, Bosco, my little lambs, or lambs, smaller lambs, baby lamb, younger sheep, right? The second time he says, feed my sheep, he says, poemaino, my probaton, lead, shepherd, my sheep, my, in general, all sheep, baby sheep, adult sheep, uh, girl sheep, boy sheep, everybody. The third time, he says, Bosco, again, my probaton, tend or feed my sheep. That he's, um, when he says, uh, poema ino, it means to keep sheep. It includes the oversight of the sheep. Not just giving them food and nourishment. That's what Bosco means, okay? But he's saying, shepherd my sheep, lead my sheep, lead my people. Uh, if you remember, he said, Peter, uh, your name is, uh, Simon, your name is Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. This is Jesus in a funny way, but in a relatable way. He's reinstating Peter that you are going to lead my people. I don't just want you to feed them. They need food, obviously, but they need protection. They need to be led to the still waters where it can restore them, okay? 
uh, not just the perfect sheep, not just the uh, more valuable or the adult sheep or the baby sheep, everyone, all of God's people. Jesus is uh, reinstating Peter into the ministry of the early church. Love, he does this through love. Peter, do you love me? And uh, all three times, love will drive Peter as a leader of the early church, okay? Children, what's the greatest commandment? What does Jesus say is the greatest commandment? Someone who hasn't got a Hershey's kiss yet. Yeah, tell me just one of them, but go ahead. Love what? You really will give you that, okay? Okay, uh, Nora. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? Okay, I don't know if I can throw this very far. You might want to duck down. Okay, and then what's the second one? What's the second one? Um, yeah. What's the second greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and, well, that's true too, but, but who else are you supposed to love? Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Okay. So love was a pretty important thing to Jesus, okay? Love he told them over and over uh, when they would fight over who's the greatest in the kingdom. No, that's not what Jesus was trying. He said, serve one another, love one another. We're going to quickly, I, and I, I promise it'll be really fast. The four lists, uh, Romans 12, lists uh, gifts of the Spirit, okay? Um, and it, you can find those in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. But the interesting thing comes in verse 9. After he lists out, oh, you're awesome if you prophesy. Oh, it's great if you have faith. Oh, you should do it. Encouragement, give, do it. But then he said, love must be sincere. When you serve, when you love one another, it has to be without hypocrisy. It has to be genuine. Verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. We'll honor one another above yourselves. The second list is in 1 Peter uh, chapter 4. It's, it's really uh, short, but it's just encouraging you to use your gifts and to share with others. But it's actually preceded in verse 8. He, uh, Peter says, above all, love each other deeply, fervently, earnestly, it means. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Man, what? <laughs> As I was studying that, we could have a whole other half hour just on that. But God uh, sparked in me. Not, I know it wasn't for me. I know he wanted me to tell you. No, just kidding. But he said, what? This is amazing. And, and something we, um, when we love someone, right? we overlook some of the bad in them. When they do something to us, if we love them, oh, we're quick to 
forgive and we're quick to overlook what maybe they, the expectations they, they don't achieve in us or uh, when they do something to us, oh yeah, that's fine, I don't know, we're good. A man, if you put it the opposite, if we were to say uh, not loving a person makes everything they do offend you. And I could give you a list of people uh, in my life, in, in churches that I've been at, that I, I didn't love them as much as I should, I'll say. And every little thing they would do, mostly junior high boys, I was telling Becky. <laughs> yeah, the junior high boys, like, yeah, yeah. Everything they would do <laughs> would annoy me. And it would just... I wouldn't see the same in them that I would see in the people that I loved a lot, okay? So we'll move on, but I'll probably come back to that in another uh, message here. The third one, Ephesians chapter 4, Paul lists five offices uh, that people are gifted to fill in verses 11 and 12. And then in verse 16, he summarizes uh, the whole thing, and this is actually a great summary of all of uh, our, our jobs as the body of Christ. Uh, he says, from him, Jesus, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Again, a while back we talked about how important the eyes are, the ears are, but they're not the only important thing. All of the body, all of our muscles, all of our ligaments are important. And it, they're used to grow and build itself up in love as each part does its work. Love builds us up as a body and holds us together. Finally, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, when you talk about the gifts of the Spirit, everybody uh, kind of goes to this as the, kind of the main uh, scripture that, that gives the gifts, and I don't want to list them all, but it's in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. Okay, Paul spends the rest of chapter 12 uh, talking about the believers uh, being the body of Christ and how each of us is a different part, how we have different purposes, but we complete the body. Then, chapter 13. How does chapter 13 start? Anybody know? I'll give you a Hershey's kiss. Even the adults, you can be in on this. How does 1 Corinthians 13 start? Uh, I heard what? You guys know, you guys know, you guys know. That's the summary. That's not how it starts. That's the summary. Okay? Yeah. Who? Someone know? you know this, don't you? No? Yes, but before that, yep. If I speak in the tongues and of angels and have not love, a clanging cymbal or a resounding gong. Man, I've played drums and I've hit a cymbal that was broken and it sounds terrible but more importantly it goes on to say um, if I give all I possess to the poor if I give over my body to to hardship that I may boast but I do not have love I am nothing so I kind of summarized it with that 
That's, not, that's my translation of all of it together. If I don't serve with love, I am nothing. I have no influence. I could, uh, it talks about speaking with the tongues of men or, or of angels. You could be uh, giving the gift of prophecy and you can fathom all the mysteries. And we'll wrap up uh, with this thought that, man, of all the gifts, we look at people that, have, that are tremendous uh, people in the Lord and doing great things. And we're like, man, we, we really look up to that person, but they're nothing if it's not coming out of love. I want you guys uh, to be an encouragement to one another. I want you guys to prophesy to one another and bring life to one another. I want you to help in the nursery and kids' church and sound and worship and greeting. I want you to help us clean up around the church. I want you to uh, do so many, all the works of the ministry, all the service, all the acts, all the good acts, all of the things that we would say, man, that's, that's a gift from the Lord. But I don't want you to do it if you're not doing it with love because you have the wrong motives. So would you stand with me as we wrap up today? In all of this, in the coming weeks, my goal uh, for this is um, when you use your gifts, you don't only use them in the church. Uh, We want to provide all kinds of ways that you can use your talents and giftings uh, in the ministry. But that doesn't always mean here in the church. Not just serving in the nursery, man, but when you go out to the grocery store and the cashier is down or upset or telling you uh, issues, you could pray with them. You could speak encouragement to them, the gift of prophecy. uh, You could pray over them. When we talk about the gift of giving and being, um, you know, giving all your money away and supporting, you know, all, whatever, like that's, that's a gift. That's a gift. That's a spiritual gift of giving. I'm not meaning just in our offering time or just to uh, when we have a need here in the church. But it's if you see someone out there that has a need and you have a way uh, to provide for that, it's doing that. You don't, ha- you don't even have to tell me that I did this. It doesn't have to be in the name of Bethel Assembly of God that we're helping the elementary school and uh, you know, helping the kids there to have lunch or have a backpack or what. Like you don't have to do it in the name of Bethel Assembly of God. You have to do it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the King of Kings. And when you do that, you give love and you share love and you point that person to Jesus. I don't want that person to come uh, to our church and say, man, Bob prayed with me and I just had to come to your church. I want them to come to the kingdom of God because Bob prayed with them and used his gifting and used his talents uh, to reach out. So Heavenly Father, God, I love you, Lord. I thank you so much for each of these people in this room, even the ones that are serving as we, as we wrap up today. I thank you for them, and I pray that you 
would help us to understand the gifts that you've placed on our heart, the, the passions that you've given us, the burdens that you've given us for people, for uh, ages, for age group, whatever it would be, you've placed a burden on our hearts to reach others and you've given us a way to do that. And so I pray that you would help us. Help us, God. Help us, God. We want to serve in love. We want to show your love as we do things for others as we help others. It's not to make Bethel Assembly look good. It's to make you look good. God, and that we do it because of you, and it points them to Jesus. Church, we want to close uh, with this song, and uh, you can be dismissed um, <clears throat> afterwards and, um, and just go with the Lord and worship